Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Bobby Kaler on with me. So I am going to kind of not even really introduce you too much, Bobby, because I really want to start with your story um, and kind of sharing your journey, probably the last, what, 20 years? So can you share with us a little bit about yourself and kind of um, how you came into the wellness space? Yeah, well... I am, I'm a coach and I do a lot in the area of personal leadership and, but my story that you're referring to, I think it, well, it began officially in 2003, but it actually started a little bit before that. So I started my own business in 2000 and then in 2001, my, at the time boyfriend, now husband, his name's Rick, we decided we were going to move from Chicago to Portland, Oregon, and that we would restart the business there. Sounded great. (laughs) Well, we moved to Portland and then two weeks after that, September 11th happened. Oh yeah. (laughs) So we didn't know anybody. Everything was shut down. Um, And, and, and it really, September 11th really hit the Oregon economy very, very hard. So there we are, you know, we started our business and we are committed and like a lot of entrepreneurs, I, I, I put, I put me last, mm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So before, before moving out there, I mean, I've always been an athlete. So I, I, would, I would run. Um, I did weights several times a week. I ate very well. You know, I'd go for walks, all that kind of stuff. Well, once we got busy with the business and the stress started piling up just when you need all those things the most, I stopped working out. Um, you know, and that, that's when you need it the most, right? When you're stressed. And then the other thing that happened is I started to get tired. So it's like, well, I don't really feel like cooking tonight. Mm -hmm. And so that really started in, I would say 2002, probably summer of 2002. And by March 6th of 2003, I had reached a point where I I got up on March 6th and I could no longer raise my arm to brush my teeth, Mm. you know? Um, And over the, when you look back in hindsight, it's so obvious, like how how slow that descent was. Cause like at one point, Andrea, I, I couldn't stand up long enough to take a shower. So I'd sit mm-hmm. down in the shower. Um, a third of my hair fell out <laughs> and it wow. was like, but you know, if any of that had happened like overnight, you would be so worried, but because yeah. it happened slowly <laughs> over time, it's almost like it just became the norm. Mm. And like a lot of people, I just kept saying to myself, well, yeah, you're tired. So what? A lot of people get tired, push through it. Well, and it ended up by the time I, I sought help, um, I mean, one doctor told me right out, he's like, I, I don't know how you're alive. Like, because mm. cause we had done test, a test and everything, and, and he was looking at the test results. And uh, he looked at me, he looked at the results, he looked back at me, and he said, well, we're going to have to do this test again. And I'm mm. like, okay, why? And he said, because if these results are correct, you wouldn't be alive. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then another doctor told me, this was about six months in. He told me, he's like, Bobby, he said, based on our research, he said, I think that only only about 3% of the people who have this will experience a full recovery. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. And still a little dense because my first question back to him was, okay, but when, when can I go for a run again? Hmm. And he just looked at me and shook his head. And he's like, you might have to accept that your days of being an athlete are over. And I thought, no, I, I can't accept that. I won't accept that. Um, and he meant it with compassion. And, 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 and he was right at that point. I mean, I was, I was in a really bad place. 
So the whole thing all together, it was about a 10 year journey. And I would say that it was split into kind of two chapters or two segments. The first segment was finding my way back to a place where I was no longer sick, meaning I finally had the doctors, you know, we did the test and they're like, okay, your numbers are back where they should be. The second part of the journey was realizing when they said, okay, you're no longer sick. I realized like, I'm only like 20% as healthy as I once was, or as strong or as much of an athlete, because a five-year journey where you're spending a lot of time in bed and you're just, you know, it, it, ta it takes a really big toll. So it took another five years to get back to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm an athlete again. So it was, it was, a, it was a long, slow grind back to health. And so at the end, was it like a chronic fatigue or numbers were just like blood numbers were low in certain categories? It was the chronic fatigue. It was something, the one doctor thought it was related to that, but I did not fit all of the categories. Like you're supposed to have four out of the seven symptoms and I had three mm -hmm. and it was something new, but it's a related thing. And then another doctor, the one that eventually helped me, he said it was um, my adrenals mm. because my there's adrenal, what, adrenal fatigue, adrenal mm. exhaustion, and then collapse. And I was in the collapse mode. And wow. when, when, we, when we did that test, when he's like, well, these numbers can't be right, I think, and I might be off on this, but I think normal is somewhere between 300 to 500. I was at a 15. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. I was, I, I was, I was uninsurable because this was back in the two, early 2000s. Yeah. Insurance companies would not insure me. Um, doctors who have seen my, my medical records, they're like, oh my goodness, I don't know how you survived. So it was, in, wow. and in the middle of all that, like in, in the, the year 2002, what we believe, because based on the test and everything, is that I actually had mono, but oh. I didn't stop to take care of myself. And that's what led to the, to the adrenal collapse. So wow. it was just hard-headedness <laughs> and not paying attention to what my body was so desperately trying to tell me. Oh, well, yeah. And I mean, especially probably the early two thousands, like adrenal fatigue kind of really came onto the field. I mean, maybe 10 years ago, like otherwise, yeah. I don't think people were talking about it or even knew what it was. So you probably were one of the first who they probably didn't know exactly how to treat you or what was going on. So how? No, they had no idea. And the one doctor was, he was at a, a research hospital and it was Western medicine. And he told me, he's like, I, I know that you're sick. I can see that you're sick. He said, I, he goes, Western medicine. He goes, I don't think we can help you at this point. Because to your point, that was a long time ago. That led me to eventually find a naturopath who said, I've treated this mm. and I can help you. That took 18 months to find her. Oh yeah. But thank God I did. Oh, so what were kind of the protocols or what did you do um, to kind of get yourself back to health? Was it resting herbs, all of those things? Oh my goodness. It was, oh my goodness. <laughs> so one was, okay, your body's telling you need to rest. And, 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 but no matter how much rest I got, it was never enough. And mm. I, I remember for a while, like I'd be, I'd be resting in bed and then I'd try to read because I love to read it. And after a while, it's like, you can't sleep anymore, even though your body's still tired. I couldn't hold the book up. I had to oh, prop it gosh. up on a pillow to do that. So, so it was rest. She also had me change the way that I was eating so that I was getting more protein first thing in the morning, because mm -hmm. I wasn't getting enough. And she's like, you're, you're depleting your adrenals even more. 
the other big thing I had to change was I always liked coffee and I still like coffee. She had me change to tea mm -hmm. because she said, you know, first thing in the morning, you're, you're hitting your adrenals and, and you're depleting them before you're even getting started. And then we had, um, do you know, like, um, I don't know if you bake cakes, but those oblong cake pans, what are they? 13 by nine. We had a cake pan full of supplements and vitamins that I had to take on a daily basis. And Andrea, I can't swallow pills. Oh gosh. <laughs> so, we called them the vitamin cocktail, right? Oh, <laughs> so man. Rick would take them and he'd smash them up and mix them with some grape juice because I had to take those like some of those were two to three times a day and the grape juice would hide some of the, because the flavors were terrible. I mean, they're not, they're not good, but you know what? I didn't care if it was going to make me better. It was going to make me better. And then I started getting weekly massages. That was huge. Started doing acupuncture and I, I hate, I hate needles. <laughs> I really do. Same. <laughs> oh, but I'll tell you what, it was amazing. And the funny thing about this, this too, is I had lived in the Midwest my whole life. So naturopath, this kind of, this kind of, um, protocol, it was so foreign to me. And I remember thinking I have, I like, this is, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to help, but it did, you know, <laughs> and the acupuncture. Oh my goodness. That was amazing. So all those things. Um, and then it was when she felt I was at a point, um, and she was very careful about this. She's like, okay, you can, you can try going out for walks again. But she's like, you can't push it because if you push, you're in, you're going to end up in a, with a relapse. Mm -hmm. And and I hate to admit it, but sometimes I pushed, <laughs> and she was right. I ended up in a relapse. Um, so that's kind of the, some of the changes we had to make. Wow, yeah. I mean, all of that the the pushing. I think that's hard for I know myself as well. Like trying to pull in the reins on ourselves sometimes when we just want to, you know, get out there. Do you have any tips um, for people who might be? Because I see this often with workouts in particular. Of like, I must do a intense workout, you know, five days a week. But then people are getting so depleted because they're pushing just too hard every day of the month. Is there any advice that you would give to those people who just have a tough time or they feel like they're, they're not doing enough, or this is not going to get them the results they think that they need? Yeah. Well, I, I completely relate to it. Um, and something that was helpful for me was at one point, her name was Dr. Barb. She, I, I said to her, I'm like, just tell me what I need to do. I can do it. Cause I can push through anything. And I remember she paused from what she was doing. She looked at me and she's like, Bobby, that is exactly what got you sick mm -hmm. and what got you sick will not get you well. Mm. And so that I have to remind myself, Andrea, of that all the time. Um, and it's funny because like now I'm a road cyclist and, and, and I love it. I love cross country skiing. It was a year ago. I, cause I fell into that trap you're describing, right? Every workout has to be so intense and blah, 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 blah. Every workout should have a personal record attached to it, which is so <laughs> unrealistic. But my husband did some research and it's Mathetone, Dr. I think it's a Dr. Mathetone. It's the method of, you know, monitoring your heart rate. And Rick said, because he had been researching that with cycling, and he said, you know, I'm seeing that if we really paid attention to not pushing so hard and really keeping our heart rate within a certain area, um, over time you build your base and you get stronger. And I thought, oh yeah, I don't think that's true, but okay, whatever, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, one of those. Well. Okay. So at the time 
I was pushing her because we live in the Rocky Mountains, I should say that, right? So there's no flat ride. It's always up and down and everything like that. We live at 9,000 feet. And I was, I was pushing really hard and I was hitting about 13, maybe 13 and a half miles per hour, which based on where we live, that's pretty decent. But I've been doing that kind of riding now um, consistently. And last week I hit 15 and a half miles and my heart rate, what was my average heart rate? 114. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So trusting that, not always pushing hard, you know, to scale back sometimes. And I was on a podcast yesterday and this guy is, um, he, he's like a super athlete. You know, he interviews like Olympians and stuff. And I'm like, why are you having me on your show? <laughs> you know, but, but, but he talked about like, there's nothing wrong with occasionally pushing, but you've got to have that rust built in. He said, if you're going to push hard, you should, you should relax hard. Mm. And I thought, Ooh, that's good. So that would be some of my, you know, my thoughts are like, I know it's hard and our bodies pay attention to our bodies because they're crying out for that recovery. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I would, I would also agree that I've seen the research on that as well. And have done the oh. same thing, like with your VO two max, like, you know, I did that when I was a member at a gym a few years ago and the trainer that was doing it with me, she was like, you know, um, you don't have to train as intense as you are because you're missing like your fat burning zone. Anyway, you are exactly. well above it. And I'm like, what? And so I tried her workouts that she had given to me and I'm like, oh, this is like coasting, but like in a good way, like it didn't, it didn't hurt the way normal workouts would. And sometimes they get a headache later in the day. And oh. all of those are things that like our body is telling us like, this is too much. We're pushing too hard. But I think sometimes life gets so busy. We ignore that, or we forget to check in. Like my son yesterday, for example, he was at the end of the day, he was like, I have a headache today. And he was outside most of the day at a summer camp. And we had the smoke here from the fires and it's, mm -hmm. you know, all of that I'm sure contributed and it has been really hot. And so, um, you know, just that reflection and that pause, like he kind of paused and let me know, but I think how often do we do that for ourselves that like pause and then reflect, okay, well, I have a headache. Well, why, you know, not just like, oh, I have a headache, but let's look at what's coming up. What did I do today? What could be different where that can really lead us to some of these insights and, you know, help us. So we don't end up down this road of adrenal fatigue and, you know, really intense things that can happen. That's right. And you know, it's funny about that, Andrea is so many, so many times when you have a headache, it's like, what do I take to make it go away? Yes. Versus yes. And sometimes that's a perfectly fine thing to think about, but I think about, am I, have I had enough water? Cause headaches at this elevation at 9,000 feet, um, you know, if you don't drink enough water, you can easily become dehydrated, but really how have I, how have I treated my body? Um, in, 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 in how is that showing up in different ways? Yes. You yes. know, I, God, any aches is, and pains in the body and just kind oh, of reflecting, huh? I wonder where that came from. That's right. And also giving our body some grace. Because when you were talking there, it, it reminded me of something that happened with Dr. Barb. This was a few years into the whole thing. And I'd gained weight, you know, because obviously if you're spending a lot of time in bed, um, you're, you're not working out and whatever. And I remember I was, God, I was just awful to myself. I was in there, I was in her office and I'm like, I, I gained this weight and blah, 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 just, you know, being so awful to myself. And she just stopped me and she's like, you know, another way to think about this is to be grateful that you, your body did what it needed to do to stay alive. Mm. And I think about that even now, and that was, you know, that was 16 years ago, that 
our bodies are this un- wonderful piece, marvelous piece of equipment. And, and are we taking care of it? Like if you have a nice car, do you take care of it? Do you get the oil changed? Do you put gas in it? Do you make sure the tires are inflated? I know there's a lot of other stuff you need to do to a car, <laughs> but those are the ones I know. But, but, but we take care of it. And what are we doing to take care of our bodies in the same way? Because it's an incredible piece of equipment. Mm, yes. Now, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, you know, how can I maybe change my lifestyle or change kind of the way I'm thinking about things, but not feel like I'm losing myself? And I've talked about this with a few, um, few of my clients who are very type A um, and intense. They have an intense work situation and might have young kids. They don't want to lose that edge, but yeah. sometimes that edge shows up in all facets of life and they don't know how to take it down. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think a few things, because I'm type A too, <laughs> in case, <laughs> case that wasn't obvious. There's nothing wrong with that edge right? There's nothing wrong with embracing that edge. And then it comes to being intentional with where and how do we want it to show up? You know what I mean? Like, so in what aspects of our lives um, and in those, in, in those aspects, how do we want it to manifest itself? Um, and, and is it necessary? Is it necessary in all aspects of our lives? You know, so really just taking that step back and being intentional with who am I and how do I want this to show up? And when is it okay to maybe pull back a little bit? And, you know, and, and, and also to think about where is it coming from? You know, and, and by that, I mean, like my husband, he's an amazing athlete and he goes out and he goes on these rides. And it was a couple of weeks ago. He's like, I just had this thought. Like, am I pushing this hard every time out because I need the personal record or is it because I'm a, I, like, there's, there's this voice in my head saying, well, what if someone saw you climbing a mountain pass and you weren't pushing as hard as you possibly could? Mm-hmm. Number one, who cares? No one's looking. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all us. We put that pressure on ourselves. So I, I don't know if that, if that's helpful, Andrea, but that's what came to mind. Yeah, no, that, that is so true. And having, I mean, I think a lot of like myself, I was a former athlete, you know, in college as well. And I think that, that pause, you know, that your husband did, you know, I've done that before. I'm like, huh, do I still need to reach a certain mile time? And, you know, do I still need to do these things that I used to be able to do? And, you know, really seeing, huh, this originated from like my athlete upbringing, like this is what we Mm -hmm. had to do, but is it serving me now? And you know, usually the answer is not really, I'm not going to compete for any race. And so really thinking about where, where that edge is coming and expressing it in different ways. I've had some people where I tell them like their workouts are where they want to express that edge because the rest of their life is pretty chill, but they still have that Mm. edge or that need to push and that type A-ness, but they're going to fuel it in different ways. So I do think it is that balance of like, where can I push and where can I maybe pull in a little? Yeah. Yeah. And how is it serving me and how is it not serving me? Yeah. So I, um, I know you talk a lot about, you have a book, um, all about, um, developing your inner leader and Mm -hmm. you talk a lot about growth and I would love to know you have a phrase, learn your way forward. (laughs) So I would love if you could kind of talk a little bit about that and what that means. Yeah. So it's, it's one of my favorite things. And as a coach, um, I kind of have three fundamental truths that I operate from. So the first is that the future can be changed, right? It is not set in stone. 
The second one is that we can change our own future, right? We, we don't have to wait for someone else to come rescue us. The, you know, we're the author of our own life. And the third one, which is where the learn your way forward comes in, is that we don't have to wait because everything we need to learn, we can learn. So in coaching people, what happens is, you know, we, we land on, okay, this is the direction. This is where we want to go. Um, this is what we want to work on. And sometimes, almost all the time, if you're going to make a change, you're trying something new. So there's going to be new skills, new behaviors, new knowledge that you're going to be bringing into, into your system, so to speak. So when I think about learn your way forward, it really has kind of three components and they, they all begin with A. So it's a triple A. So the first one is to take an action, right? We have to act because when we take an action, we're going to learn something, right? Somehow we're going to move forward. We're going to learn that did work, it didn't work, or here's how it worked and here's what I need to tweak. So the first one is act. The second one is to assess, right? How did that go? And here's the thing too. It has to be a real try. We can't just try something new once and say, okay, well, that didn't work. Like it has to be an honest and real try. So then we assess, okay, how did that go? You know? And, and then from that, a lot of times it's the, okay, well, part of that worked well and I, I need to tweak this, which is where the third A comes in and that is to adapt. And then, and then it's kind of, we, we make an adapt, you know, we adapt somehow and then it kind of continues. And that's how we set ourselves up for that continual learning um, that's going to move us in the direction that we want to go. Mm, I love that. And I, the, the action piece, um, mm -hmm. I was listening to the radio the other day and one of the radio hosts had told her advice for her younger um, co-host when she first started, she said, um, and you know, the other co the other co-host is like, I don't remember giving this to you. And she's like, you told me to always take action. Like if you mm -hmm. get asked to do something just based on what they do for a living, like they tell stories They you know, they have three hours to fill up on air. So they said, oh. you know, Hey, take action, you know, do the thing that you might be uncomfortable doing, take the dance lessons, you know, take the trip, do these things because you will have stories and you're going to be a better host for it. And I think that's, I mean, that's so key. I think so many of us in our own lives, we could do that or take more action instead of being like, I don't know, like, you know, we can always make up excuses is why we don't take that action instead of just saying, you know what, let's do it. Let's, let's jump and try this. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, this isn't always good, but I always ask myself, what's the worst that can happen? Now, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that gets me into trouble. Um, but usually, you know what? I learned something. Um, maybe it was fun. Maybe it wasn't fun. I don't care, but I, I learned something. And, and somehow it, I don't know, it helps me grow, but I, I love, I love what you're saying with those hosts, you know, the, Hey, it's going to, it's going to help you somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, they can assess and they can break it down and, you know, people listening might be like, Oh, well, I actually do want to sign up for this, you know, yoga retreat in Costa Rica or whatever, oh, you yeah. know, like it can inspire the audience as well. So there's many ways that, you know, we are all kind of inspiring each other, whether we realize it or not by just, you know, even mentioning stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the way we live is the best way to model for others. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. So I want to know um, about your book and really, and, you know, developing that inner leader. So what is maybe one takeaway for people if they're listening on how to develop their own inner leader? Okay. Yeah. So it is travels of the heart, developing your inner leader. And 
it's kind of broken into a few sections, but the one I'm trying to think of what would be most relevant to what we're talking about here is becoming aware. That's, that's one of the first sections of the book, but becoming aware of what's most important to you. What do you truly desire? What, you know, what's the story you want to write for your life? And here's the thing about that. Here's, I mean, it's incredibly important that we identify that for ourselves because that is the basis for motivation. And what's really important there too is as we're thinking about those things, we have to, we have to be, you know, censor, are those true and genuine for us or are those other people's like shoulds and oughts that are showing up, you know, because those have a way to encroach on our life. Mm -hmm. Um, So becoming aware of what's really important to us and making sure that it's genuine and true to us. Mm. I love that. And I think one way, um, are you on social media a ton? Um, I don't know about a ton, but I'm there. (laughs) So that's where I've, I've taken a break now for this summer um, off of Instagram in particular. And I, I realized so, you know, cause I would post to stories usually daily, but it really gave me pause, you know, to really just step back for this long of time. Like how much do you do stuff? Cause you're like, Oh, I need to do something for, you know, social media versus do I really want to do this? And yeah. that's something where I feel like there's a lot of people who might, you know, have fallen in that trap of the social media of living for someone else, oh. because that's what you should do versus do I actually even want to do that? That's right. That's right. Or are we comparing? Yes. I mean, oh my goodness, there's so much out there about how the social comparison and how dangerous mm-hmm. it is for, for, for our own self-worth. And and it's easy to get caught up in that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But whose life is it? It's our life, you know? Yeah. So that's why it's just really important that we take that time and we're aware of, you know, am I living my life and, and what do I want it to look like, right? We get to be the author of our own life. I heard that years ago and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I really liked your, your three A's. Cause I think that's a lot of, you know, kind of what we are talking about all day of just really tuning into that. And that's where social media can be that, that piece that tips you off the scale, or you're like, you know, what is, you know, where, where am I on this A scale? Where can I align myself to be in, you know, better action with my own, goals and needs. Yeah, absolutely. So if people are listening and they want to connect with you um, and buy the book, where can they find all of this? Okay. Probably the best, I mean, the book is on Amazon, but probably the, and, but the best way is through my website, which is just bobbykaler.com and the books on there, there's a way to contact me and of the social media, since you brought that up, the one I'm probably most active on is LinkedIn, although I am on Facebook um, as well as Instagram. Perfect. I'll put those all in the show notes. Perfect. So I just have one final question for you. So whenever I have a guest on, um, I have the guests throw out a weekly challenge to all the listeners. So what would you like that weekly challenge to be for everyone this week? Okay. Well, based on our conversation, Andrea, um, I'm kind of thinking a challenge to think about something that you have been thinking about doing, considering doing, putting on the back burner, and then find one action, no matter how small it might be, but one action that is going to move you towards that. So that one thing that you've been thinking about doing. Perfect. 
Thank you so much. That sounds amazing. And I'm going to participate in it myself. So thank you so much. Um, and I really had a pleasure chatting with you and Bobby also has a podcast. Uh, I was a guest on her podcast. Do you want to share your podcast with everyone and maybe who might enjoy listening? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So it's called unyielded thriving, no matter what. And yeah, we, we talk with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of, a lot of, um, executives, people who are busy and, but people who really want to tap into, uh, their own personal leadership, like how am I creating the life that I want to live? And also that commitment to, I am choosing to thrive no matter what happens. I love that. Yes. Go check out her podcast, um, and definitely connect with Bobby. So thank you again for coming on the show this week. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you all and go out there and spread your peaceful power.